0: Hello, hello, welcome to How to Live the Podcast, where we are figuring out this thingy called life. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon.
1: Hey there, friends.
0: So lovely to be in your ears. And just want to let you know that while we might sound like twins, do we sound like twins a little bit, and we usually look like twins, just a heads up, you can now tell us apart because one of us has very short hair.
1: Oh my goodness, what a ginormous life update. I feel like, I hope that you listening to this podcast understand the deep, deep attachment that we have to our long hair and being the girls with long hair and our long hair being our thing.
0: Because even in our very first blog bio, we had in there that we are haircut hating. That is how much we hate haircuts. We have both had our hair pretty much down to our bums for over 10 years and now Jess has gone and done a big job.
1: Oh my god how wild is that?
0: It's wild. So let's paint the picture.
1: Basically last week I was going to get my hair cut very much a trim which I probably do like every four to six months I would say just to maintain that healthy nice glow and I've always fantasized about cutting my hair.
0: You've been talking about it for a couple of years now. You keep saying that you're going to cut your hair.
1: Yeah, but then... I remember initially when I started having the thoughts around cutting my hair, we were probably deep in the how to live phase. And I was using the idea of our brand being the two of us with the same hairstyle as an excuse not to take the leap. Mm. And then more and more as we've kind of moved away from that and away from being in front of the camera, it's very much like, oh, no, no. I'm too scared to cut my hair, so I'm not going to do it. And then it was Tuesday afternoon. It was about 2 p.m. I had a hair appointment booked for 4 o'clock. And I just thought
0: to myself, fuck it.
1: I think I'm going to cut my hair today.
0: It was very brave of you. Like, you called me and you were like, so I'm thinking about cutting all my hair off. And I was like, cool. And you're like, I'm terrified, so I think I should do it. And I was like, great. And you're like, I'm just going to decide when I'm there.
1: Yeah, like... I feel like I had this intense fear around it for so long. And then once I decided that I was going to do it, I was terrified. And I was terrified of myself. And it was more like this letting go of the idea of me being this person with long hair. Like I had to be that girl with the long hair. Why did I have to be that? And I started getting really deep about it and it made me realize that I felt like societal pressures were making me feel like I needed to have long hair, but in actual fact,
0: I can have whatever fucking hair I want. Mm, That's so interesting. Why societal pressures?
1: Like I think so subconsciously, right? I'm not talking on the surface at all, but it's like that mermaid hair is what is deemed to be beautiful in our society. And so it wasn't me who was like, I think this is really beautiful. I wanna have it. It was more like society's told me this is really beautiful. Again, I don't even know what my thoughts are or what thoughts have been put in me from around me. And I just realized I don't give a shit. I'm just going to cut my hair off. Fuck him. That's what I felt like. I felt like once I had that realization, I was just like, fuck the patriarchy. I'm going to cut my hair.
0: Love it. And it's funny because while we say that she has short hair, for other people, it's probably really long hair.
1: Oh, my God. Someone said to me before, but it's still long. I was like, babe, cut off inches. Like, how many inches? I don't know. A lot of 10? inches.
0: No, not 10 inches. Six? You, like I'd say, you cut off a third of your hair. I reckon more. Okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm like, two thirds is too cut many. Four. <laughs> anyway, I cut off a lot. So we thought this would be the perfect opportunity to get into a little bit of a chat about beauty standards and the ways that we feel like we have to look versus how we actually want to look. This is going to be a juicy, juicy, delicious episode as they all are and we are going to get into it in 3, 2, take it away us. <laughs>
1: How to live. So once I had this realization about long hair, it really made me reflect on all the decisions I make in my life that are about these standards of beauty in our world and how I am playing into them and actually re- invigorating them through the way that I exist in this world. Like having long hair is the perfect example of that. I am then showing little girls that this is what you want to have. This is what's to be desired. This is what men desire. This is what they find sexy. Like all these things about
0: hair of all things that we don't even realize we are being fed. Wow. It's so true. And I Love that link that you've made there, that we perpetuate it by sending that message through the way we look and our actions. And I'm sure for people who have kids, that's even more highlighted, where it's not just about what you say. Kids are gonna pick up on what you do. And as a society, if all women are doing these certain things, then we're kind of paving the way for the women who come after us to think that that's the way it should be done.
1: Absolutely. And I actually started thinking about this, about... A year ago now, I would say, I was on one of my women's circles that I joined during COVID and we were on Zoom all together from all over the world. And there was a girl there that had a shaved head. And I perceived her in all these ways because she had a shaved head. Like subliminally, she was sending me messages about who she was, right? Mm. Because how we present in this world is representative of who we are. And so I started creating on a subconscious level, all these preconceived ideas of who she was. And then I actually got put in a breakout room with her and she started explaining to me that she actually has had really, really, really long hair for such a long time. And about a week before I was chatting to her, she went through this transformation where she was like, I don't want to. Be feeding into this unrealistic standard of beauty anymore. I feel like my hair is a representation that I'm existing in this world. And so I just shaved it all off. And I actually went and I looked at photos of her before she had her shaved head with her long hair. And that person was sending me all these different subliminal messages about who they are and how they exist in this world. And it just blew my mind firstly the way that hair changes the way we perceive people and then also blew my mind how brave I felt she was and I remember thinking what a fucking badass I could never do
0: that (laughs)
1: and I said that when we came back together I was like I just had this amazing conversation and I feel like it was meant to be that her and I got put in a room together because I have such long hair like look at me I am trying to live up to that standard that she is rebelling against and I don't feel brave enough I could never shave my head I still feel that way that I could never go all the way and shave my head
0: Mm, it's really interesting because I feel like a lot of people when they have this kind of awakening of I don't give a shit what other people think of me when they feel a deep need to be liberated from all of these societal norms a really common thing to do is to shave their head in that moment and somebody that we know and love and follow on instagram 11 recently went through this transition of just like rebirthing themselves basically and they shave their head and they look fucking hot and I also, before that was like, no way would I ever do that and probably judged the idea of a bald woman. And then when I watched this video, they like live streamed their whole experience. They had this ceremony of like their rebirth and then they shaved their head and then they went into the ocean and they just looked like they felt so liberated and it was contagious. And I too, for the first time was like, oh my God, That looks so liberating. Like you can feel it. You can feel that weight off. I too am at a point where I'm like, don't even cut three inches off my hair, let alone take it all off. But it is really interesting that we have this attachment to it. Mm,
1: Yeah, and it's so ingrained in us that we don't even question it or know that it's happening to us.
0: Mm, Or like why when a woman has like a short haircut, do we say she looks more masculine? Actually, men's and women's hair has equal growing capacities. When a kid is 3 years old, if nobody's cut their hair, a boy and a girl are going to have the exact same hair. So why do we deem it feminine to have long hair and masculine to have short hair? Cuz that's what they want you to think. Well, and it's <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because it's like if men have long hair, They are not perceived as feminine. Do you think? No, not at all. I was going to say that's super cool. Like it's it's cool, sexy. It's hard.
1: Elliot has such long hair at the moment, and I love it. Like I just want him to keep growing and growing and growing it.
0: Yeah, like a man is allowed to have whatever hair he wants to have. Although it does seem stressful just to say for a guy to have to cut his hair every like four weeks or so when guys are going to the hairdresser. I'm like, again, you just went
1: and like expensive.
0: Yeah, but. Well, speak of expensive, but for a woman to get a haircut is a lot more expensive than for a man to get a haircut. So true. And I go in there and they literally just like, chop, 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 done. So true. So true.
1: So something else that's been really interesting through this whole process is – I cut my hair, I I didn't think it through, right? I didn't really think about what length I wanted it to be or what I wanted it to look like. I knew I didn't want to go too short that I would cry myself to sleep at night, but I've cut it to a length that I feel comfortable with.
0: By the way, it looks fantastic and I'm taking a photo of Jess right now to show you what it looks like so you'll be able to see a photo of her talking with this gorgeous short hair. Okay, so it's so funny that you just said that because that's exactly what I'm about
1: to say. People keep saying to me, when I explain to them why I cut my hair and how I came to it and how I feel totally liberated and I feel much more myself, they're like, yeah, and it's so great that it looks so good as well. And I'm like, I don't even care. And it is really interesting that that's what we go to. Like, it does look so great as well. So that's good. Like, it's not enough just to feel liberated and be doing what you want. But like, people around me who are so well-meaning because this is how we exist in this world say and it looks so great (laughs) and I'm like I know and thank you but also it is just funny that it's like why do we need it to be great and like what does great even mean and who sets
0: the tone of what great is okay well you're blowing my mind right now it's so true we need it to look good we do it to look good and
1: I, I'm not like saying that I'm some freaking unicorn that's over here feeling like I just want to look bad I don't care why do people like I I get a kick out of people telling me it looks good and I also am happy that it looks good but also why am I so happy
0: that it looks good oh so I was talking to somebody today about her teenage daughter and we were discussing you know how hard teenage girls have it right now and she goes I just wish That she wouldn't care what other people thought of her like the way that she looks and i was like for a moment i put myself in teenage girl shoes i was like okay i'm 18 right now i could never not care what people thought of me and how i looked then and i think it's like if it's so hard for us as we're around 30 to let go of what people think that we look like let alone at any age like oh my god imagine as a teenage girl but it causes so many issues for teenage girls. You know, there are so many things that come out of being that age, like so much anxiety and depression and eating disorders and all this stuff that come out of that. And it's like, well, of course, because you're at this vulnerable age where like if we care about what we look like, of course they're going to care what they look like. Mm.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's so obvious, but Instagram is like the devil of this, right? Like Instagram has exacerbated it. When I was a teenage girl – I found it so tough. I found all these things really tough. I cared so deeply about what I looked like and the way that people perceived me.
0: Oh, my God. I remember I would look at, like, the Olsen twins and their haircut and they had a side part. I'd need to get a side part, but then I would get it and then it wouldn't look the same as them. And I'd just be like, maybe I need that hair clip. I'd buy that hair clip. It would look terrible on me. And then I'd just cry myself to sleep. Mm. You know, like, I remember when I was young – This is actually the reason that I don't cut my hair, is because I was about six or seven years old, I think. I was pretty young and I had this beautiful long hair and I decided that I was going to cut it into a bob. I don't know why. Probably the Olsen twins. So I went, (laughs) those damn Olsen twins. (laughs) So I went to the hairdresser and I remember getting it cut and I just like my whole heart sank mm. into my stomach and i was like i hated it so much and i remember the hairdresser being like do you love it and i was like yeah like i was never the type to actually say anything to the hairdresser. And I remember going home and standing on my little stool in the bathroom so I could see myself in the mirror and just crying. Oh, my God, stop it. Crying. It's hurting my heart so much. Crying. I can't deal with little Stephanie Little Stephanie was crying at her hair and she was so sad that she chopped all her hair off and she thought she looked so ugly and she just wanted all her hair back and that's why I don't cut my hair anymore because I can't. I can't do it after that.
1: Oh, that's so heart wrenching, and I relate to that feeling so much. Like I remember so many times walking out of the hairdresser and saying to them yes when they asked me if I liked it and then I would get into my mom's car and I would just cry and she would always say to me why didn't you tell them you didn't like it and I'm like mate I can't what do you think you you raised me you can't either although
0: she can she can surprisingly yeah no she's really good at that maybe she did it for us or something so we never learned that skill but I remember her saying why didn't you tell them you didn't like it and I was like well it's gone now You know, like too late. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But they did always cut too much off and that would always make me so upset. Yeah. But it's almost like already at that age we had such attachment to this idea of having long hair. Mm,
1: Yeah, it's so fascinating to me. I also was watching the Keeping Up With The Kardashians reunion the other day with Andy Cohen Whoa, is that a good piece of television I tell you everyone should go out and watch it he's so good at reunions what was
0: Andy Cohen doing there
1: he ran the reunion for them but he's a on two Bravo part special I know but he's so good at reunions and it was their final season ever and so he came on and he did a two-part special Fan-fucking-tastic television. What
0: a compliment to Andy Cohen that they wanted him.
1: I completely agree. But honestly, when he was doing it, I was like, oh, he's insane at this. He's just so good. He's so good at asking the hard questions. Anyway, one of the questions he asked was, what do you guys think when you hear this idea that you're creating such unrealistic standards of beauty for the world?
0: Oh, question. Andy, I want to watch this reunion now. I know, he asked them such hard-hitting
1: questions. That's amazing. amazing. And Kim answered and she had such a throwaway nothing answer to this and Kendall chimed in as well and I remember it was something along the lines of we work really hard for our bodies. We're not creating an unrealistic standard of beauty. This is us working really hard to create this level of beauty and like we earned it essentially was the vibe and it's
0: just like oh honey no no I cannot I cannot deal with those answers and how just misguided and negligent that is because that is exactly the problem that people like that are creating these unrealistic beauty standards and in this case you know it used to be like a lot of people would do it but now it's like literally just their family. The grand idea of beauty in a lot of the west right now exists thanks to them. The amount of people that I see that are in their early 20s that are getting fillers and injections and Botox and all these things and power to people that want to get things done but it's when we're being made to feel like we have to have these things in order to be beautiful. Mm.
1: And like I guess if you zoom out it's like where do you place the blame because a part of me felt really sad for her after she said that and with Khloe Kardashian and all that stuff that came out about her body and her wanting that photo to be taken down a while ago. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so basically Khloe Kardashian, a photo got leaked of her somehow. I think their grandmother posted it and she wasn't happy about it. And then all these publications reposted the photo and then she ended up getting a lawyer involved and they were made to take all of the photos down because she didn't like the way her body looked in this photo. And there was massive uproar about it on the internet. I love that you don't know that because it's just a reflection of how not you're on Instagram. I have no idea. But... It's like, where do you place the blame? Because the Kardashian women are a product of the society that we all grew up in, which teaches us that as women we are only as valuable as how we look and so they're so clearly fucking deeply insecure about the way that they look so much so that they've had to do all of these things to their body and their faces Mm. and so like a part of me yes puts blame on them but then a part of me also feels really sad for them like they're also victims of the same thing that we're all victims to it's like when it goes back to the beginning how i said i was perpetuating this standard of beauty by having the long mermaid hair it's like we are victims and then we're also perpetrators
0: Mm, my god that is so so true and i guess you're right it is sad that they've said that we work really really hard for this it's like well they could be working really really hard on their happiness and self-fulfillment or they could be working really really hard on activism and changing the world for people that need it changed and instead they're working really really hard on their appearances Mm. like that's pretty fucked up that to come at it from a compassionate point of view that's really fucked up that they feel like they have to do that
1: yeah i know but We all do as women to some extent, right?
0: Definitely. Like
1: when none of us are immune to that. And I think that realistically, if any of us had that amount of money and were in the public eye that much, like I can't say that I wouldn't do the same as them. That I wouldn't end up as like a fucking insecure mess with all of these haters writing to me. That I would probably put on those weird waist thingies and have some tummy tea. Yeah,
0: well, because – well no, you wouldn't be having the tummy tea because that's really bad. But, But you know, like I get why they are the way they are. Yeah, I think they must get so many comments from men and women on their appearances as well. Like when you look at, Instagram photos and what people comment on these things, it's really disgusting the way that we feel like we can judge each other, whether it's either way. We shouldn't be judging each other no matter what. There Mm. shouldn't be any comment. Like somebody should be able to put their body out there and that should just be the beginning and the end of it. This is their body. That's it. Mm. Why do we feel the need to comment? Why do we feel like we have a right to comment on each other's appearances? Yeah,
1: it's really, really fucked.
0: Yeah, so it's really interesting for me living in Byron and then kind of coming between Byron and Melbourne because I feel how when I'm there, I don't know what it is about there, whether it's that I didn't grow up there or I haven't lived there very long or whether it's just a much more laid back atmosphere or maybe it's a combination of things. But when I'm there, I really, really, really just do not give a shit about my appearance. And actually, one of my friends recently started seeing this guy, but she quickly realized that she wasn't going to be into it. And she told him that. She was like, I like it as a friend, but not as anything else. So then she hung out with him a whole bunch. And it was like, no makeup wearing like her pajamas most of the time because that's just how you are in Byron then they end up realizing they did like each other and then she was laughing about it that had she actually liked him that whole time she would have been like putting on makeup and dressing up and then what do you know he liked her anyway so I think that that is how I am there like I don't wear makeup I really really genuinely just don't care what I'm wearing like I can bump into anybody And I don't care because I'm not even thinking about what I look like. Maybe it's just like the energy of the place that nobody cares what anybody looks like and nobody cares what they look like. And every time I come to Melbourne, I set this intention of I'm going to be the exact same in Melbourne. And I don't even have my makeup in Byron. I mentioned that when I was moving to Byron, it was a quick split decision. I was like, no makeup. So I've never, ever literally not worn a speck of makeup on my face in Byron. And my skin's bad, I have really bad acne at the moment on my jawline, on my cheeks, and I just don't care. Like I'll wear my hair up, I won't even notice it. And then the second I'm in Melbourne, I just feel myself inching my hair over my face a little bit more. Recently when I was here and I had a couple of events, like a friend's wedding and stuff. If I went to an event in Byron and I have gone to events in Byron, I don't care. I'm not wearing any makeup, I'm not doing anything differently. But when I'm here, I was like, I think I'm gonna have to wear some foundation. And then it became, oh, I was going to a friend's house with a few friends. I don't know that well. I think I'm gonna wear makeup. And it's just so interesting the way the second I'm back here, no matter how much of an intention I set there, it's like I'm just more aware of how I look here. I put more thought into the clothes I'm gonna be wearing, into how my hair looks whether my hair like is quite straight and whether I've blow dried it, if I'm going to be wearing makeup. And it's just interesting that I'm the same person in both of those scenarios. But what is that energy or what is the difference that's really making me have that shift? Mm. And I feel like it's pretty indicative of the external and how subtle the external pressure is because nobody's saying anything to me nobody's looking at me any different nobody's actually telling me that I should be doing anything and you know I'll be here with Renan and he's like you look beautiful no matter what like he's not saying anything different but yet somehow society Melbourne is sending me these subtle signals that make me feel less than because of the way I look oh my god That is so accurate. Yeah, like they need to do studies on this. Why is
1: it so subtle and what is it? I
0: don't know. I
1: completely agree with you. And also, it's funny that you feel that way in Melbourne because remember when I went to Sydney a few weeks ago, I told you I felt this way, how like when I arrived and that's going from Melbourne to Sydney, so I guess it's like two steps above Byron that I felt so unkempt, Like my hair was frizzy and everyone else had not a hair out of place. And I felt like lots of the people I knew there had Botox and I'd never even thought about getting Botox. But honestly, even since I got back from Sydney, I've been looking at my forehead thinking, oh, I really do have lines there. Maybe I should look into Botox. Like, honestly, I catch myself having those thoughts. Mm. I actually, in the last few weeks, this is wild, I'll say it here. I haven't even said it out loud because it seems like a ridiculous thought. But lately, I've been thinking about having a nose job. And it's, I swear to God, only since I was in Sydney. And then I keep telling myself, no, you're not getting a nose job. That's ridiculous. Like, what a waste of money. Also, like, ouchy pain. Why would you do that to yourself? And people I know have had nose jobs. And I never end up liking them, even though I grow to like them over time. And I get used to it.
0: Yeah, because it looks so weird. And it's hard to look at their face when looks it's It looks different, right?
1: Yeah. But I think it's again really subtle being exposed even being around I guess that's what it is it's being around people that have had nose jobs and that have had Botox that it makes me realize oh am I supposed to do that too I didn't even know I was supposed to do it until someone was the example for me and now that I have an example I'm like oh maybe that's how I should be behaving and maybe that's what it is when you arrive in Melbourne that it's not that anyone's saying it but what's being presented to you around you even if it's just driving around in the city because that's what happened me in Sydney driving around feeling like I should get Botox (laughs) and that's the messages that are being sent just through what we see
0: yes okay we're piecing this together this is making so much sense because when I'm in Byron I've noticed when there are older people around I've actually noticed a lot of natural faces that you'll see these women in their 60s, in their 70s, even in their 50s that don't have any Botox, that have a lot of wrinkles, that have a lot of gray hair. There's a lot of gray hair around and it's so liberating. We're coming back to this liberating to see them and for me to be like, oh, cool. I don't need to dye my hair if it starts to go gray. I'm very lucky that it hasn't yet. Well, lucky. There you go. I said the word lucky. Because it's like it doesn't matter to them. They've just got gray hair and they're still beautiful. Like it's not, beauty's not about the outside or about a certain youth. I guess for us, it's really youth because we get Botox when we have wrinkles so we can look like a 17 year old, which mm-hmm. is just so unrealistic because that's what our society values is that a young girl is beautiful. And when I look at guys, and they've got gray hair and they're a silver fox and I consider them hot. And then when I look at a woman who's 60 and she's got gray hair and I'm judging her for that, I'm like, what's going on in my brain that I'm literally looking at the same thing, but if it's a man, it's hot. And if it's a woman, it's not. Like what's mm-hmm. going on there? And I feel like I've felt as well when I'm around people that have perfectly Botox faces then it starts to draw my attention to that when they're like yeah I've had Botox and then I'll look in the mirror and be like oh I've got this smile line coming through here should I not have that Mm. and it's just so interesting how much and no matter how much self-work we do because you and I do a lot of it when we are around people that are striving for this ideal beauty standards that society has set how quickly and easily that rubs off on us and then you think of course people on social media are falling prey to this like i don't have instagram at the moment and i feel like that enables me to not feel any kind of fomo about any of this stuff but then you think of the kardashians and their whole lives are spent on social media and looking at photos of themselves and the other people and hanging out with celebrities of course they're all going to feel that way i know whoa I feel like we've
1: unpacked a lot in this sound booth. (laughs) I feel like we've unpacked a lot, but at the same time, I I do have so many questions. I feel like sometimes on this podcast, we just come to a place where I'm like, I don't have answers. I only have so many questions. And that's just where I'm at because... Yeah, like I cut all my hair off, but I'm also subconsciously thinking about getting a nose job. So how fucked up is that? You know, it's really wild. And I guess it comes back to when you were talking just now, I thought of that saying, if you can see it, you can be it. And it's almost like a problem in some ways because – We look around in Melbourne and Sydney and we like see all these things or if you look around on Instagram and you see all these things and then you're like, oh, I should be like that.
0: Oh, so is this an inspiring phrase? Like if you can see someone being a leader, then you can be a leader.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. But
1: now I'm looking at it at the reverse. It's like that's also a problem because we see all these unrealistic standards of beauty and then we're like, why aren't we like that, eh? Mm. And then, how can I be like that? Whether it's going on a diet, growing your hair out, getting Botox or a nose job, whatever it is,
0: it's really a problem. Well, I think that a big part of it definitely is external validation. And the more that we can let go of needing that external validation, the more we can be satisfied with what we are. But it, definitely still is hard if you're still in the same atmosphere and I guess maybe that's why I'm drawn to be in Byron right now because I am doing this work to care less but it helps to accelerate the process if I'm surrounded by people who also are doing that work and also aren't striving for all that external validation and injecting their faces every other week.
1: 100%. Like when you're sitting at a dinner table with all the people that are doing that, it just rubs off on you.
0: Yeah, it does. Ugh, it's such a cycle. It's such
1: a cycle. There's so much and it's so layered. But I feel like it was a nice place to start this conversation and hopefully had some thought provoking moments in it for you to reflect on where you might be giving into these standards of beauty. And it doesn't feel like it's resonating with you, like with me and my hair. So do come and share them with us, please, over at our Facebook group, How to Live the podcast. We'll be chatting there, all things unrealistic standards of beauty.
0: We hope you have the best week ever. And we can't wait to chat to you next week about something equally as thought-provoking. Love you.